good evening. That is the unedited of one of the theme songs coming up for the holiday season. It is Wednesday. It is pre-Thanksgiving. It is Nutrition Matters with Beth Wyman. And the whole theme is healthy mindset towards holiday food, which I think we could turn this into a series leading all the way up into the holidays. <laughs> Especially with healthy foods of holiday. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's something that I really spend, like, the next month talking about. Um, so I'm sure that this will be a, a topic again in the coming weeks. <sighs> hey, Linda. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Hi, I had to put... I had to put the Christmas on a little early. It's not edited yet. It's not set up for the radio, but you know. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. My computer was acting up, and um, I had to restart it. <clears throat> and it's taking forever. I'm now 97% there, but it's been 97 for some time. So um, anyway, so no, I'm I'm glad you you started the started the show. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat today. So, no, um, I'll listen in and join in when I can. Thank you. Um, one quick announcement before we get Beth in here and talking about health and mind and holidays. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so from all of us, all of you, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. But we will also be hosting a special show tomorrow, and we're going to be talking about the first Thanksgiving. And we're going to start all the way to the beginning of when, why they came here and understand the whole concept of Thanksgiving and why it's such an, a family togetherness holiday more than food. So I give it to you, Beth. Awesome. Thanks, Mary. So I thought it'd be very fitting today to talk through some holiday eating strategies. Um, it's something that really last week and this week has been a hot topic when I'm talking with clients. Um, so I'm leaning into that. It's turned into social media posts. It's turning into the topic for the show today because there's, Holiday eating, or I guess the food around the holidays can bring up a lot of guilt, too, and, like, shame around food choices. And this is, like, tomorrow is genuinely a special occasion. You're not just, you know, having these foods because it's a random Thursday. We're actually celebrating something, right? Which it sounds like you guys are going to definitely be touching on tomorrow during the special um, the special podcast, but one off track, if you will, meal or even a full day isn't going to change your progress. Like it's just, it's just not enough of a difference. Um, so basically you can't do that bad in one day to undo all your progress, um, of whatever you're working on for your health. What does change is if it starts to bleed over and it becomes like a few days or a whole week or in a lot of cases the next few weeks until the end of the year where it's like 
oh, well, I might as well keep going and I'll start again in January. That's when you see a lot of backsliding and any progress that you've made over whatever, the last few months, that kind of thing, um, is when it goes from being just a one-day or one-meal event to, like, this free-for-all for the next month. Um, and so typically what I talk through with clients is, like, how to limit it to one meal. And it's super easy if you're going somewhere else to eat. Like, I'm going to my parents. And so the meal stays there. I get to pick which leftovers come home, right? So I'm going to pick leftovers to bring home that fit with what I would want to do on a regular basis anyway. So I don't have to meal prep or, like, I don't have to prep protein for the week because I'm just going to grab a bunch of turkey and take it home. Um, I can take extra vegetables home. Uh, there's probably not going to be like a high fiber starch. So I'm probably going to leave that there and really just focus on protein and veggies and then make a high fiber starch at home. And there's my meal prep, right? And it's done. Um, so kind of making the most out of the situation. It's a lot harder when it's at your house to some extent because you're catering to everybody's wants, right? And you're catering to, like, the special foods of the holiday and then what to do with all of them. So, like, pie usually comes to mind, right? We just also did a pie fundraiser for dance. So I've been dealing with pies for the last two days. Um, right, so if you've got pies for Thanksgiving – have some, right? Um, but the pie is not a breakfast food, right? So it's not like you're going to then have pie for breakfast until the pie is gone. Um, right? Maybe you have it again as like a dessert or a special thing the next day or something, but then after that, it needs to go away. Either giving it away, throwing it away, whatever that might be. And that is actually much more difficult than it sounds, right? It's a very simple task, but that plays into, like, food security and the need to not feel wasteful, right? So how do you just throw away perfectly good pie? Um, if you can't find someone else to eat it, just – you just do it. You just throw it away, and then you have to leave it in there, um, right? It doesn't come back out of the garbage. And I, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what are you talking about? That it happened. It happened. We were like, oh, well, it wasn't really touching anything, but it was still in the garbage. So let's leave it there. Um, so, a, like, a couple strategies, right, for, for limiting – limiting the different special foods to one particular day. Um, I was reading something else, and a lot of the stuff doesn't occur to me just because I approach it differently. But another big thing is, like, you're not saving up your calories for the big meal. You still want to make sure you're eating breakfast or, like, and lunch, too, if you're not eating until, like, 5 or 6. You don't, like, you don't starve yourself the whole day and then eat your entire day's worth of calories in one meal. It's, um, yeah, that just sounds miserable, honestly. Like, if I skip breakfast, I'm so miserable. 
But I guess it happens that people are skipping, thinking that they're kind of saving up. But you don't, it never works that way. You need a steady input to support a healthy metabolism. And, you know, Thanksgiving or any holiday is no different. That's a good point because I I have um, found myself guilty of that in the past. So that's a good point. It's yeah yeah you don't get to save it up. It's not like points or something, you know, where you're <laughs> saving for something. Um, you need a little bit all day, and you're still going to get the flavor, right? A lot of this is um, honestly it's emotional eating. Um, in a different form. You're, you're having certain foods because they hold some sort of emotional connection for you. Um, and they're like special somehow, right? And so you can still have that experience without overindulging. Um, right? So there's a difference between having a slice of like your grandma, I don't know why, well, we do know why pie is on the top of my mind, but like there's a difference between having a slice of your grandma's pumpkin pie and eating half of your grandma's pumpkin pie, right? <laughs> um, you can still have that experience. You can still have the flavor. You can still recall all the fond memories that come up with it without eating, like overindulging basically, right? It's that kind of that moderation piece that Americans are horrible at. Um, have some, but not all of it, or overdoing it somehow. Um, because a lot of times the reason you're going for those special foods is that there's some sort of memory associated with it. Um, but then keeping in mind, right, why you're at the gathering to begin with. Um, and Theoretically, it's to spend time with your family. Um, and so making sure that you're leaning into that, too, for, like, the full experience of the holiday. Uh, when I used to work with weight loss surgery patients, they they couldn't have some of the pie. They, like, otherwise they would get really sick, right? High sugar foods after weight loss surgery make you really sick, Um so I'm like, you can smell it, um, but that's about it. Or, um, or sometimes I'd be like, you. Some people would be able to like dip their fork in it and taste it, but that would be about it um, without getting sick. So for them, it was different, right? They genuinely couldn't have some because of the repercussions. It wasn't even just like a, oh, well, you're off track. It's going to be hard to get back on track they'd end up sick and in the bathroom. So that, that was a very different end of the spectrum. And that's where they either needed to lean into like a sugar-free version, like a low-fat sugar-free version and try to get some of the same flavor um, or just enjoy why they were there, right? Enjoy the company of the people around them. So there's definitely different approaches depending on the full scope of the situation, but generally for most people, you can have some of whatever the special thing is, but 
recognize that that's not your new norm. It's because it's special, because it's actually a holiday. So do more talking than eating. Is that a, is that a clue? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and you know, all the celebrations are kind of set up differently, right? Um, Some people do, like, a sit-down meal. Thanksgiving, most people are doing, like, a a big sit-down meal. So that helps limit the portion size because you're following the same meal pattern by sitting down, filling your plate, and eating, Versus when you get into holiday parties that come afterwards, it's more of like a buffet setup or like hors d'oeuvres. And then you have more of a grazing behavior. And you can actually get in a lot more food with, with those types of setups without even realizing it because you're putting in small amounts over like a couple hours. Um, True. So those have a completely different approach than Thanksgiving, where it's like a sit-down dinner. And you can actually do pretty well um, because you're sitting down with that one plate of food. If you wanted to, again, it's a special occasion, so you definitely don't have to, but if you wanted to, you could still sit down and say, okay, I want half my plate to be vegetables. I have a quarter of it as my protein, which Thanksgiving is turkey, so that's a super easy lean protein, and then a quarter of it starch, which, you know, most people aren't going to have, like, a whole wheat pasta or something for their starch. It's probably going to be, like, um, what, like a yam casserole or mashed potatoes or rolls, something the like stuffing. that. Stuffing. Stuffing. Yeah. So it can be um, – you could theoretically still – stay like on track and with what you normally eat if you wanted to. It kind of depends on how you feel. Um, I usually suggest making sure that you still get in some kind of vegetable, um, so that you're still getting in some of that fiber because that's just going to help you not feel quite as bloated um, because it helps to just keep everything moving through. So more than like the idea of limiting portions and limiting calories, kind of looking at that overall wellness picture and you're just generally going to feel better if you include some of those veggies and get some of that fiber content. Okay, so, so I have a question now that we're talking about veggies. How healthy yeah. is the green bean casserole? It's because it's green beans with the cream of mushroom soup, right? Correct. And then, those, and then the fried those onions, onions on things. top. So those fried onions are horrible. Um, but the green beans, I mean, those aren't bad. Even if they're canned, right, you can get a low sodium or rinse them off to get rid of a lot of the extra salt. And so that's not bad. And then the cream soup isn't horrible like you could definitely pick worse things it's really the un little fried onion things on top that are just straight like greasy fat that's not doing anything for you um so it's not the greatest choice but again it's a special occasion 
Uh, I don't know many people that make green bean, green bean casserole other times of year besides Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if that, if that dish, like, means Thanksgiving to you, go ahead, have some. I just wouldn't suggest, like, keeping those fried onions around and, like, topping your salads and stuff with them after Thanksgiving, right? Like, buy enough to use for the casserole and then make sure you don't have it hanging around afterwards. I was just happy I didn't have to explain what a casserole was. <laughs> what? I was just happy I didn't have to explain what a casserole was because most people out of the Midwest oh or God. the East don't know what it is or a hot dish. Oh, That's- no. It's popular here. What Not in my family, but it's popular here. Yeah. Um, did we do it when we lived? I don't remember if we did it when we lived in New Jersey, but I know, like, now in New York, we definitely do green bean casserole. Did you grow up with that, James? I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah. James grew up on Long Island, yeah. and he had green bean casserole, too. Right. Almonds on it, you know, <laughs> and, uh, shaved almonds. Oh, with shaved almonds. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, is a potential substitution, oh. right? Instead of doing the fried onions, do shaved almonds. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Gives it that crunch. Um, yeah, so that's Thanksgiving. What I, what I tell most people with any special occasion is I don't particularly care what happens then. I care what happens after. Um, and that's what makes the difference in progress. And it's, it's also a time of year where, like, Right, a lot of what I do is weight loss focused, and so typically I care if you stay the same between now and the end of the year and don't gain anything. I consider that a win, right? As long as you're not gaining. This is a time of year where it can be really hard to lose anything, um, and that's okay. And just the stress and guilt associated with, like, not losing isn't healthy, and, like, it's just going to make things worse. So I try to also help clients, like, release some of that guilt of, like, all I'm looking for is for you to stay the same. Like, it's going to be rough, especially if you've got a ton of holiday parties to go to, which I feel like those things are starting to come back more and more. Um, so I am seeing people who have, like, you know, every week or something, uh, some kind of, like, event or gathering that they're going to between now and the end of the year. So, it's, yeah, as long as you stay stable, I consider that a win. Um, but a lot of it's, like, releasing the guilt that comes with that food because what you see is, like, if you feel guilty about it, you hide it, right, and you end up eating, like, you know, cookies in the closet, and then you end up eating way more than if you just acknowledged you were doing it and made it part of the full holiday experience. Okay. Yeah. So it's, um, but that takes, it takes work. It takes a lot of like forethought, right. Of being like, and, and kind of like self talk, right. Of being like, no, I am fully allowed to have these cookies or whatever. Um, 
and I don't have to hide it. Um, but releasing that hiding piece of it is hard, but it makes a big difference. Sorry, I wanted to say something about that, actually. Hello. So um, growing up as someone who's not been as society sees as, like, thick skinny or more so, like, holiday eating has always been very difficult for me because, you know, you try to be really strict and then you're, you have a holiday that's based around eating. And as someone who is plus size, I can be really cruel to myself in the sense of, like, putting stuff on a plate and then you think everybody at the table is looking at you as, I can't believe this person who is plus size is eating food at all. Because you put, you know, these thoughts in your head that, like, oh, I shouldn't eat food ever because I'm overweight, even though that's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, that turns into, like what Beth was saying, with secret eating. Because it's definitely something that I am extremely guilty of. And when you secret eat, you binge eat, and then you find yourself in a worse situation than before. Like with my husband James, he, you know, being able to have that conversation with him, being like, hey, I have difficulty eating around people or secret eating, and I do this. It's come to the point that he, I'll be in the kitchen when we're preparing a meal, and I used to just eat in the kitchen so he wouldn't even see me eating. And now he'll go, well, are you secret eating in the kitchen again? So it's something that we're able to have this conversation that I feel that, yes, as someone who is plus size, you're still allowed to go and enjoy a holiday meal. And you should be able to, just like Beth was saying, to have these things, to savor these things, to feel the memories with it and not feel that guilt because you deserve that. And it's a lot of self-love and being able to enjoy the things in front of you in moderation instead of feeling guilty and, like, crying over a piece of pumpkin pie, which does not feel fun at all. So that's that's just, you know, this is all very, like, insightful and meaningful, and it's been such a journey. And to hear that you're not, like, alone in those feelings it really normalizes it for me, and I feel like as I go to sit down at the table tomorrow, I'm going to remember this and be like, okay, I am, this is a safe place. I deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we definitely all deserve to eat, right? You don't earn it by being the right size for the food that's on your plate kind of a thing. And that does... I have another dietitian friend who put a post up recently um, about, like, body positivity and diet culture during the holidays and that we can all be basically, like, part of the solution, if you will, of none of us need to comment on somebody else's body as we're getting together with family members that we haven't seen in a while, Um in any respect of like the, oh, you've gained weight, oh, you've lost weight, oh, you look so skinny, like none of that really needs to be said, right? And so, and that can help that person on their journey, right, of um, feeling 
like they don't need to have any guilt around what they're eating in front of all these people that they're not normally around. But I got to find that post on that because it was really good. It was very, very simple of just you can be part of the solution by not saying anything about somebody else's body because you just you just never know. Um, I actually remember my freshman year of college getting together for, it was I think it was for Christmas, and my uncle said something to the effect of like, oh, have you gained the freshman 15? And, and I actually was having a lot of trouble eating when I was at college, so I'd actually lost a bunch of weight. And my, so he was telling me that I looked like I had gained weight, and when in fact I was having huge problems actually like eating food from the dining hall because I was so used to like all home-cooked food. And I was actually losing weight unintentionally. Um, yeah, so it's one of those things that it doesn't really matter what you say. It's probably going to be wrong. <laughs> but it's a, it should go up there with, like, not discussing religion and politics at the dinner table. It's, I don't know if anybody else listening has ever had anybody like kind of comment on on those types of things when they're at family gatherings because um, that can definitely be difficult and it feeds into sort of that diet culture and like poor mentality around food in general. You know, I so didn't realize I was muted. Oh, oh no. I was just going to say, not as much a family gathering, but, and, you know, and he, um, when your uncle had said that, he may have not even meant it personally. Maybe he had just heard the term, you know, the, you know, freshman 15 or whatever it is. Um, so may, maybe it was just, you know, an unintentional, <clears throat> but, um, you know, Probably not. I am, you know, I am actively trying to lose and I have lost weight and so I try to be more careful but at the same time um, you know during the holidays <clears throat> I you know you know we are going to parties and we're hosting parties and so um, but again you know keeping those keeping those vegetables and um, you know, just making a decision of what I'm going to eat and drink lots of water. That's my that's my that's my tip. <laughs> you know, because obviously I'm going to have like at one of my parties, I'm going to have a punch. Um, but I can also just you know keep drinking the ice water, and that helps fill me up. And so I not as um, you know maybe I won't take you know that second or third cookie or something. Yeah, and it's because we're usually so off our routine this time of year, it is really important to pick a few things to focus on to help bring things back after like a day or a meal or whatever it is that's off track. And so I find that water is one of those things that's really helpful. Um, and just, you know, having a 
like a mug or a cup or whatever that you can carry around with you helps just increase your intake because you have it right there. And it's, it's in your line of sight making it harder to forget versus if, like, you're used to being at your desk or something all day and having it right in front of you at your desk, that's what's helping you remember to drink. You kind of have to, like, change a little bit if you're traveling or just, you know, taking a day off to prep food or what have you, finding a way to still have that water in your line of sight, easy access so that you do drink it. And so that's where, like, a special cup usually helps, you know, and especially if it's fun and so you want to reach for it, can make a really big difference. Um, and, it, and, like, then you want to carry it with you, right? And, yeah, it might need more stops for bathroom breaks if you're driving somewhere, but that's okay. Like, you, you still want to be taking care of yourself. Um, and then the second thing for focusing on, it kind of depends on the person. Either focusing on making sure you get in some veggies, like we talked about before, um, to make sure you're still getting in that fiber so things keep running well. Or for some people, I tell them to focus more on making sure they get in protein. Um, and that really comes with people that are looking for, like, um, like people that have problems with, like, a lot of sugar cravings or also are dealing with, like, anxiety and depression, things like that. Um, that's where I usually tell them to make sure that they're focusing on that protein component as well because it's been shown to help. You know, it's definitely not in place of medication or treatment, but it does help with mood stabilization. Um, and so if they lose focus on that, everything else is going to get significantly harder. Um, so for them, we usually talk on ways to, or talk about ways to prioritize protein, be that at the meal, or if they're not in control of the food, like bringing some protein bars to wherever they're staying for the holidays, just to have it as a backup. Um, so, yeah, the, the two focus, either or water, and then either veggies or protein. Um, and that kind of simplifies everything so that you're not as overwhelmed because there's so much going on this time of year. Um, like, I feel like it's already <laughs> Friday and it's only You know, it's one thing you're saying a, about you know, having a lot of water and then having to stop if you're traveling um, often, um, I've had blood clots a couple of times, and um, it's been drilled into me the importance of not sitting in one position too long. So if you are traveling in a car, at least every two hours, you should um, pull over and stretch if you've had any kinds of problems. Um, so, you know, being... You know, in the car for, you know, think, oh, we want to get there, so let's just drive, you know, straight hours, eight hours straight through isn't isn't really a very good idea, um, or even four or five hours straight through. Um, so, you know, having, drinking extra water and having to stop actually is a health benefit. That's, that is very true, that I always forget about that piece, because we don't, I mean, I feel like we're stopping all the time anyway because I've got two small children. But, yes, <laughs> if, you, if you have 
that opportunity to somehow you personally can magically make it four hours in a car, you really should be stopping anyway to stretch. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I, I forget that there are people that attempt to do that. <laughs> or even if you're sitting at your desk at work, you know, and I was, I was always um, doing this. I would get in, hit one file after another. I did patents. Um, all of a sudden, it would be 11 o'clock in the morning, and I, it, I got to work at 8.30 and hadn't moved from my desk in all that time. Um, and so that's why, why um, you know, drinking water kind of forces you to, but in any case, you know, um, even if you're even watching TV, I don't, I don't, you know, um, what's it called when you do one show after another? Um, but, okay. you know, even if you, yes, you should, you know, still get up. Um, don't stay in one position for too long, I guess is my point. And it's, you know, my Apple watch yells at me to get, to stand up every hour, um, so maybe I should do a better job of listening to it. You know, I actually <laughs> have a client. I have a client that when her Apple Watch goes off, she actually she'll get up and do like ten squats. So like throughout the day, right? She's getting up and doing ten, just ten squats. Just that's it, just ten. Um, you know, no weights or anything. But then by the end of the day, she's got in like eighty squats. That's smart. So it that's adds so smart. up. Um, I might start incorporating that or like do a minute plank or something. Yeah. I did jumping jacks in my <laughs> office. <laughs> it's, um, well, that's the benefit of, of working for myself, I guess, is that I could just plank in my office and no one's going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is helpful, but it's, Right, and this, I mean, I guess now that we've touched on a little bit of that, that fitness and exercise aspect, that can be very different this season, too, you know, because you might have people over and you're entertaining, and so you're not going to take a break to go to the gym, or you're traveling, and so don't have everything that you're used to having. Um, and so recognizing that it can be simplified to just make sure that you're moving, Right. Um, be that going for a walk with family. Like I know that's something that my mom does is that after Thanksgiving dinner, I guess it's at two o'clock, but we all go for a walk. Like it's still light enough outside. It's something that everybody's capable of doing together from my four-year-old all the way up to like my 88-year-old grandmother. We can all go for a walk together. Um so it might look different, right? It's not my normal, like, strength training day. Well, Thursday is usually cardio. So it's not my normal Stairmaster or incline walk, um, but it's movement. And that's what actually matters. I guess a lot of it comes down to, like, releasing the guilt on what you feel like you should, quote, unquote, be doing um, and what's realistic and what can you accomplish because then that plays into, like, the stress component, right? If you're super stressed, you're not in your healthiest state. You're not going to, like, lose weight. You're not going to sleep as well. 
um, just just biologically, everything changes when you're in that state of stress. Um, so working on releasing some of that guilt around holiday eating and then, you know, just in general, I usually recommend people take like, you know, 10, 15 minutes before bed to try to wind down. I mean, some people have a full-on routine where it's like an hour before they go to sleep, but even like 10, 15 minutes can make such a difference to just allow yourself to rest, to be able to sleep. And then getting enough sleep helps you in turn during the day to like make better decisions and not kind of like throw everything out the window because you feel overwhelmed. You know, Beth, you brought up a good point about, you know, what is right for you? Because so many people, you know, watch all these social media, TikTok, Instagram, and they think they need to be this super skinny person because this is what everybody is. And that if you're not fitting the standards, there's something wrong with you. And we set such unreasonable expectations of what we need to look like from hair to makeup to clothes to, you know, what we eat and what we do. And we're just setting ourselves up for failure. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, um, I mean, I get some of this on my feed, but I have a friend who gets a lot of, of like the kind of more like homesteading life type posts where it's a, making a lot of your food from scratch and growing a lot of your own food. And she's a nurse who works full time. So she's like, I, I can't do this. I can't live up to this expectation. I'm like, yeah, but you, you literally can't. Like these people, that is their job essentially is to make this food and grow this food and do everything from scratch. And she's, I guess, saw something the other day about people milling their own wheat to make the flour for their bread. And she's like, I'm failing because I buy my bread at the store and I don't mill my own wheat. Oh, and my. And it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it gets out of hand. Like I love a good homemade bread or homemade roll, but when you have time. Right. This is why bakeries exist. You can go, you can even go buy fresh bread. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't used to, to do it. I used to kind of have that issue because, like, I, I can't make homemade gravy. I can cook everything else. My, I make the best wallpaper paste. <laughs> and so I developed this mindset because I can sit and tell you how to make it and sh- show you step by step how to do it, and it'll turn out perfect. I physically screw it up. I don't know. And so I developed this joke about, you know what, I'm creating job security because I know that this company is going to pay a business because I buy their stock. There's a reason that that it exists. I like that. You know, learning how to twist that around a little bit so you don't feel so guilty is, you know, helps a lot. You know, I create job security. Someone has a job because I I buy their product. Yeah, absolutely. So you should, they should thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and right, and it is, it's releasing some of that guilt of like, no, you, you don't have to make everything from scratch. You're still providing food, right? You still have something. And that's, 
that's the important part, that you have something to eat and you get the privilege of spending time with family. And you get to spend more time with your family because you're not spending the whole time out in the field, in the kitchen, just like making homemade bread. Filling your own time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just, when I heard that, I'm like, are we really going that far backwards? Like, we've come so far with with learning how to hand things off, right, and and mill our flour, for example, on an industrial level. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I am not going to make beeswax candles to, to, to light my house, you know. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's a line. Right? There's a line. And if you enjoy that as a hobby, that's wonderful. Right? It sure. sure it brings them joy. But the the moment it starts to bring guilt is when it becomes a problem. Um have I ever made can- I don't think I've ever made candles. I think we made candles together but we went to a store and made them. Okay. So I did make candles once for fun. Um, yes. Beyond that, yes. for fun. you know. Years ago. Exactly. See, I do, but I use those wax burners. So I literally take the old candles containers, put a piece of string in it, and it takes me a little while to make a candle, but I use all the old wax from my wax burners as they lose the smell. We, we did something similar once as kids. Um, I, I think I found it in an American girl book about making soap. And so we saved all of our soap pieces, pressed them into a tin, into like one big soap piece. It smelled horrible. It's like, <laughs> like melting the soap down. It, it was the worst smell. I, we did it once. My mom humored me as a preteen to make soap, and uh, never again. Yeah, it's like, I was like walking through like, the perfume aisle of Macy's, and you know you have to try out every smell before. Back when they used to, no. they used to walk in the store, and they would spritz them. We used to so do that just was... on purpose to irritate my mom because we smelled horrible. And then she made us walk home. <laughs> Your poor mother. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. And, right, things like this are what the holidays are for. It's like gathering together and laughing and, and sharing memories. And um, food is like a common item that can bring everyone together kind of a thing. But really, if you can find other common items, it works too. Like it might be like a craft type thing, right, where everybody's trying it. Or, like, um, I went to an event the other weekend that was actually, it was a mocktail event. And so it was all different, like, like ways to mix up non-alcoholic drinks, but that were still, like, fun. But that was sort of the unifying piece of the event instead of food was, like, learning how to do this. Um, and that was cool. Did you find some neat combinations to try? 
Yeah, so she had the woman running it um does like herbal tinctures and things. And so I bought her book so that I can try it out. Um and like learn some of it for myself. But so she had like these calming blends of herbs. So like lemon balm and chamomile, right? So you're still getting the calming type of effects that you would from having like a glass of wine, but she put it in like um, what did she do? I think it was like ginger beer with some um, lime, and I think she might have spritzed it with a little bit of seltzer too. I can't remember now. So it was like a Moscow Mule, but non-alcoholic, and it still had some of that calming effects that you would be looking for from a drink, from an alcoholic drink. So it was really That's interesting. Cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, I'm like sure as I learn more yeah. about this herb stuff, it'll get incorporated into podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it is something, like, you know, we're always learning and growing. And that's my going to be my next adventure, I think, is learning more about that and working through it. Um, but there's something else that I was thinking of, of like a unifying, oh, so... This is something I was actually going to save for a different episode is like the like cookie decorating parties and things like that, because that's another like unifying activity, right, that um, works really well with children, too, is like decorating cookies. But then you are surrounded by sugar, more or less, the entire however long, the couple hours that it takes. Um, but that's again like a unif- it is a unifying activity around food, but you're doing something with it, right? So like gingerbread houses or cookies, things like that. Um, although I find gingerbread houses, we don't tend to snack on them when we make them. Yeah, gingerbread houses are really good because you're being creative, and but you're not um, you're not eating the house. You know, my yeah. my brothers and will then- always take gifts. Yeah. After Christmas, would take the gingerbread house to the backyard and put a cherry bomb in it and blow it off. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I'm not an eight-year-old of cherry bomb, but I do really like that. Um, and now my four-year-old's running around asking for cherry bombs. Um, well, they were teenagers when doing, they did it. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know, gingerbread houses are nice because, yeah, you don't – you want to keep all of the ingredients that are out to be able to build with, and then you don't really want to eat it later because it's a stale gingerbread house that's been sitting out for weeks. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, Skylar apparently uses glue with her gingerbread house? Younger, we would have the – we would do the gingerbread houses, and, like, I am terrible at crafting – and um, one year, my brother got really sick because he would he would sleep eat, so he would literally go downstairs and would eat things. And what we didn't know is that my mom had made these beautiful, intricate gingerbread houses, but she put them together with glue. And my brother, who was half asleep, well, like he was sleep eating, he ate these houses. And they apparently, when you're you know, when you're sleep eating, you don't realize that all the gumdrops and the candies and the gingerbread itself has been glued together. 
And so the next day, um, I remember my mother being like, who got into the gingerbread house? And my brother had no recollection of any of it until he started um, feeling the after effects of what happens when you ingest glue. So that was a oh, um, hard lesson. But, yeah, so I guess I feel that perhaps I am the only one who that's how we make you ours go stay together. Because <laughs> our kids, my kids don't have you, the patience. You, you, you oh, okay. Yes, because my kids don't have the patience to let it dry. Yes, you know, and do one piece at a time. So they get so, mad because the thing keeps my, falling over. <laughs> what this says about my brother and I but when we were teenagers so like not even small children teenagers we would sit at the table and jointly make these gingerbread houses that were beyond intricate right we would roll out the gumdrops until they were thin and then cut them so that we could make stained glass windows for our gingerbread oh, house cool <laughs> so so we definitely only, we were very purist. We only used frosting, no glue. But we also had a lot of patience in terms of sitting there and holding it and letting it dry in the correct shape. Oh, yeah, we did. This also, we got to a point where my mother no longer let us do, like, Christmas cookies and stuff. <clears throat> One year we did a gingerbread train instead of a house. However... We had fun. We had a good time. Uh, we made it look like it was on fire <laughs> in terms of, like, how we placed the, like, sprinkles and, the, and everything and the gumdrops. Um, so that was, you know, not one my mom proudly displayed. She kind of worried. Uh, but, yeah, we, I don't know. It's like fond memories, right? Like, it's something my brother and I definitely bonded over, Um and so, right, talking about, like, it brings up those that memory and that emotional component for me to try to, like, bring that to my children, too, um, and release the expectation that they'll do it the way that I did it, right, and just create new memories with the same fun activity. Um, so you're one of the kids that had the tweezers happen. out. Oh, <laughs> no, my brother and I we we would go we we committed really hard when we did stuff it's we once turned our basement into a rainforest um like wrapped all the poles the support poles for the house in paper and made like palm leaves and different types of tree leaves coming off of them uh yeah so when we do stuff we we would commit really hard <laughs> very creative very creative <laughs> Now yeah, remember, great. when your kids do it, where they got it from. Well, the thing <laughs> is, so here's the problem, is like now my kids come to me and they're like, we want to make slime. And it's like 8 o'clock at night. And I'm like, yes, yes, we do. What do we need to put into it? <laughs> um, like we, we obviously need to make three different types. We need different colors of glitter. What else? Like we need a foam version. So like that part of me is yet to die. <laughs> Where I just 
if it's a creative outlet, I tend to go all in. Oh, good. I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun in this. It is. And I got the kids flying for the Chris, or Halloween party, and the parents all got mad at me, and my daughter couldn't understand why. She's like, Mom, we have, I go, I know. I don't get it either. It's, it's fun. <laughs> It's, yeah, no, we definitely do a lot of slime. I know that my son has some friends that they don't allow slime in their house. Um, or even like their dad's house, they don't do slime. Um, so we do we do a lot of slime here. It's a family favorite. <laughs> sounds funny. <laughs> you buy the glue by a gallon? And you're good to go. Uh, so I haven't done that yet, but honestly, when I go Black Friday shopping, I'm definitely looking for some slime material. So. Glue for your uh, gingerbread house. Yeah, and glue for my gingerbread house. And we do. <laughs> um, Elmer's came out with a new kit to make those squishies. Really? Yeah, they're really cool, and you can buy the kit. Mm. So it comes with the mold to make different animals that are all soft and squishy. We will have to check that out. But my children are slowly losing patience with me, so I may have to end a few minutes early. Okay. Well, this has been a fabulous call. And everyone have a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. And... um but but thank you, Beth, and thank you for everyone that that joined in. Uh, it was very enjoyable and and knowledgeable at the same time. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. I have fun doing these. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And see you all back tomorrow at noon. Special on the first Thanksgiving. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a good day. Bye. Have a good night. Bye for now. Bye now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.